have to admit to everybody that I'm really nervous about today's interview. <laughs> I don't know why, because I'm interviewing a woman I've known forever. I'm interviewing her and she's even been on the podcast before and people love our conversations. But I've, I've invited her back today. It's Patty Lennon, who is my coach, my intuitive coach, but she's also an author. And today we're going to be talking about the book, the journey that she just took to write and publish a book to rewrite and publish her book. And we're going to be talking about what it, the kind of courage that it takes to write a book, to publish a book and all of the kind of transformation that she's gone through as she's become the published author of this particular book. So thank you for coming Patty and putting up with my nervous nonsense today. Thank you for having me. And I will say like, you know, she's being so kind. I had her on. I'm like, Jen, could you have me on your podcast, please? I know I was there just a few short months ago, but now I've got a book. <laughs> I know. So just I'm throwing you a bone, Patty. You're so welcome. <laughs> okay. First of all, let's talk about the book. What is it called and where can people get it? Let's start there. The book is called Make Space for Magic. And ideally, if you're listening to this during our launch period, which is October and November of 2021, go to the link on my website because then you, you'll also understand how to get some of the bonuses associated with buying right now. So that's pattylennon.com forward slash make space for magic. And that's where you can get the book, although it's at any, any major book retailer. Well, I'm excited to have you on because my clients and my audience is always interested in putting their words out there, however that comes, whatever format that is. And so I'm curious why you needed a book. I know that you have a lot of platforms, so why a book? Yeah. And so I didn't come at it from the place. I have books that I wrote in the past that were written to be of service to my business. You know, that's what I would call the old model. There's plenty of people still doing it. And, and it's not that the model doesn't work. I just think that feeling of creating to get something like you and I were talking about transactional relationships in business is a space that we're evolving from. And it's not a space I expect to play in again. So it wasn't that this book was being written to do something for my business or to do something for my brand. It was sitting inside of me for years in one form or another. And then finally, it was the um, death of my father, which really started to kind of really transform my business. And a lot of the downloads I got around that time made me feel like, oh, okay, here I am. I'm at the starting line of the next place. And the book is, is part of that story. And so I just, you know, understood now's the time, even though I would say it was sitting inside of me from two years before that. And that when we're talking about like, when I started writing was 2019. And so we're talking about like 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. When you say the book was sitting inside of you, what did that feel like? And how did you know? Well, it felt like um, if you've ever had the experience of birthing, because I know the audience here is primarily course creators, coaches, you have some type of offering you're putting out into the world and you're writing to kind of bring awareness to that, to connect to your audience. So if you've ever had that delicious experience where you actually 
found a program or a course or an offering or even just sales copy that really just feels alive for you, that you're not just putting something out there as a variation of something you're already doing, but like all of a sudden you connect to something, you feel it almost, it's like a ball of energy at first. And you feel it like kind of like, whispering to you and then pulsing to you. And then you start to get questions coming at you about this thing. And you know, it's asking to be brought into the world. Mm -hmm. It felt just like that. I've had that experience. And sometimes on the journey of making, of birthing it, there's like an irritation because I just want it done. Did you have that too? Oh God. Well, first of all, no matter what reason you write a book for, I can tell you when I wrote the books I've written for my business to like, be like, here's what I do. And then this book that was more of like a, here's my insides. Let me put them on my outsides and you can all buy it for whatever a book costs. You're always going to have that irritation with writing a book for sure, because the risk reward relationship is so different with a book. Like there's just so much heavy lifting without any guarantee and you have to trust what's coming through. It's not something like with a course where you can sort of like float it out there and see if anyone wants to buy that shit or not, you know, but yes, deep levels of irritation. Like why, why did I even sign up for this? And at one point, I mean, I paid a lot of money for my publishing contract. I did a hybrid publishing. We could kind of talk about why do one over another, But I was talking to my friend who went a different route, went the traditional publishing, which then you're waiting more like two to three years to have your book shelved, which was my main reason for not going that direction. And I said, I think it might be different for you because she was talking about her irritation. I said, but I'm sure it's different for you because you actually have a, like you got paid, whereas I'm paying someone. And honestly, if I decide not to do it, I'm just sort of like out the investment, but you... You owe it to someone, you know? And she was like, nah. She's like, I'll just pay them back. Like, if I don't do it, she's like, I think it's just equal for all of us. It's just writing a book. (laughs) And it's not like you can validate your book because, like, this is my soul. And it's not like you can do validation calls to see if it's going to work. It's like, can you validate my soul that this thing inside of me is coming out? And can you tell me you're going to like it and want to buy it? That's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about, well, I want to talk about so much. I want to talk about what the book is about. And I also want to talk about the courage that it took to create it. So tell me, I know that there was an evolution to this book. So can you talk a little bit about that first? Yeah. So when the book became an idea, you know, back 2016, 2017, it was really the result of, I had been through such a huge transformation, leaving corporate banking and becoming an entrepreneur, and then finally being open and honest with my community that I had intuitive gifts. That I felt this, what I saw from a lot of people is they felt like if you have intuitive gifts, whether it's like true, like bold clairvoyance and you're talking to ghosts and dead people all the time, or you just have this really like, honed sense of what's right and what's next intuition. And to the point where like, it has nothing to do with like data. It's like, you know, go left, go right. You know, a lot of people felt that you were born with that. There were like magical beings on the earth that were just like this from birth. And if you weren't like this and you didn't have memories of 
as a child having these gifts, then you couldn't be this person. And I really wanted people to understand, no, I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was successful. I Not just that I didn't have them. I had no desire to. Like, it wasn't like I was sitting around buying tarot sessions all the time. You know, I was very successful in the traditional linear world and happy being there. And then all of a sudden woke up basically one day. I mean, it happened over a few months, but... And I was like, oh my God, this is not me. I'm supposed to be going somewhere else. And I just really wanted people to have an experience of the journey to really understand you could have walked this very traditional path and wake up at 35 or 40 or 50 and access these gifts. So that was the start of it. And that was the question I kept getting when I would give I did a lot of speaking as you know and so that was always the question and I just wanted to gift people my story arc one of the things I think you do incredibly well one of my favorite things about talking with you is like there's sometimes when I feel a little muddled about something and I'll just say why why is this happening or what are your what's your opinion about this and you just have this really clear way of making it very concise and understandable which you just did because the the perfect way you said it was a lot of us are just walking this linear muggle path and we think that's for other people people who have had visions as children and I I really understand that I identify with that and just like knowing that there's another option that you can learn it that you can step into it and it's very accessible even if you've been climbing the corporate ladder I love the way you said that and again you've just done that thing where you're just like beep (laughs) there it is with a whole lot of words around it. (laughs) It really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that was, I don't remember what your origin question was, but that was how it started. And then I was just wondering, so why did you want to write the book? That's what you were answering. And then I would just want to know, can you talk a little bit about the iterations of the book? Yeah. So at the time where this book started to become a thing for me, I was very squarely in the business coaching realm. And so it was almost like my business would be here, but my ICA would be maybe 10% of my readership Mm -hmm. because you didn't really need a business. It didn't matter if you had a business, if you were at home with children, if you were, you know, um, in corporate, in education, the ICA of the book has never changed since I envisioned it. And it was always an ICA core reader, you know, target reader. I've always written it for a woman who's in midlife, who is a caretaker on some level, who's always felt like she had to, you know, take up as little room with her problems as possible, felt financial pressure, whether she was bringing income in or not. That was my target reader. And that was my as an entrepreneur, that's who my target was. But then the book I knew could serve anyone that fell in that book. So then that's really why I think the book never got birthed before my dad died, because it was when my dad died that there was a line in the sand and my spirit guide said, you're done with business coaching. You need to step firmly into sharing the message that there's magic available for everyone, magic, miracles, God, source, universe, and give them the courage to believe in it. 
Like this is now going to be your full work. And even though it was a piece of my business, it was going to now become my full business. And once I fully dropped into that, making space for the book just became a lot easier. Right. So that your dad passed in March of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then how long did it kind of take for you to allow in this full message that he had to share? Well, that message, and it wasn't even like, he just kind of helped me see the message, but that process took like six to seven months. And then at that point where I launched the receiving school, which is my kind of my anchor program now, it was once I launched that, that I started writing the book Okay, because it, that sort of lies like the line in the sand. And that was October, 2019. I start writing November, 2019 inside a coaching relationship, like with a book coach and was finishing it through the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, and then finished the book in April of 2020. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the iterations of this because April of 2020, it's done, but it doesn't get published until the fall of 2021. So what, what happens there? Yes. So (laughs) what happens there is it's a memoir. Mm-hmm. And I read it and realized some of the stories were so raw that I didn't, my kids at the time were 12 and 14 going into a pandemic. And none of us understood what this meant for anyone at that point. We didn't know if we were going to be in it for years. We also didn't know what kind of crisis it was going to put our kids in. They were learning from home. And to have this book out there with these stories that I had healed from, but they'd be reading it in real time, to me, it didn't feel right. And so we started, the editor and I start working, pulling out the stories. There were only a few that I just felt like I just needed the book to be without those stories. And once those were pulled out, the book sort of fell apart. Because these key times really had a lot to do with the arc of the story. And without them, or even with them, like the pain sort of dialed down on them, it didn't really serve the journey. Okay. So I took a step back. More irritation. What's that? More irritation at this point. More of that, like, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) I I mean, the book had been 70,000 words edited down to 50,000. And I'm like, I just put it down. I literally put it down. I'm like, I'll be back to you. And I didn't touch it again. I tried. I kept, I was like, (laughs) trying to work, trying to rework the existing book Mm -hmm. up until about May. And then just stepped away from it completely until I think um, January of this year. And then in January was when I said, oh, now I had gone through a whole year almost of the pandemic. I had run receiving school twice already. I had done tons of free trainings. And I started to realize people kept asking me, but how did you do that? I was telling a lot of the stories were in the book, but I would keep getting this like, but how, but how did you find the faith? How did you find the courage? Like, what can I do? And I realized, oh, the memoir actually didn't do that. It didn't serve that purpose. Mm -hmm. What I had hoped to do with the memoir was to say, here's my story with all its gory details. Here is me not running down my face, drinking wine out of a bottle with my mom's eating chocolate, 
when we just found out that my mom's cancer is back and I had no faith. And here's what happened to bring me back to faith. But it didn't give the reader the exact steps. Like it just showed it in my journey. And I'm like, oh, because my my reader needs to understand a process. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I get it. So without those key stories, but with the teaching, it became a nonfiction book that made sense. And it had to be rewritten. Like real, I mean, there were, you know, probably about, I think I had about 15,000 words that of story that I could place into the nonfiction book. But then it was rebuilt and rewritten. And then we finished it. April, I started the editing process. So mm-hmm. we did, and we did five rounds of edits. Mm-hmm. I love the journey of this book because I think when people want to birth something that they look at other people and compare and think like, oh, it's so easy for that person. Or she was, she was obviously guided or she followed a method. And it's just so, I love that there is not a one size fits all method and that you even did a one, you did a method. And then you were like, no, I have to redo this Mm -hmm. honoring yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Curious how, at this point, do you describe what the book is about? So what, how the book is about is, or how the book is about, how is the book about? (laughs) Let me just say at this stage, I am not literate. So I don't try to describe it because I don't even seem to be able to put sentences together fluidly. It's really, you know, the underlying storyline of the book. Well, let me take a step back and say, you and I, Jen, share this. We read a lot, right? So I am very critical of books only from one place, which is if I read it, I want it to feel like a journey. Mm-hmm. especially nonfiction books, nonfiction books that make you stop at the end of every chapter and have reminders of the 7,000 things they need you to do before you move on, or there's no way you're going to benefit from this book. To me, it's like, I don't need another job. I have teenagers. I have a business. I have people that depend on me. I do not want to pick up 270 pages and have another job, right? right. So I wanted it to be nonfiction that tr- transforms through the process of reading, where it gives you small shifts to make in the way you're approaching your world and your life, but that you're really finding transformation through people's stories so that the work, the heavy lifting is being done for you. Mm -hmm. So I really think we did that. Like, I'm very proud of the fact that, because it took a lot of editing to get it there, but I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that it gives you a process, but it's not a process where you have to like put the book down. It's like, you know, in one chapter, it offers you be honest. If you are reading this and you're hearing me say how important it is to rest. And that rest is one of the, you know, re- resisting rest is one of the biggest ways we block the universe from helping us. Can you see where you need more rest? And can you make space for that? Just consider it, right? So it's taking you on my journey and then letting you understand what you could be doing in your own life along that journey to sort of allow in more help from the universe, allow in more of that magic. and then. It then um, drops in the way that looked for my clients who have done this process. And, you know, so then you get to see it then acted out in someone else's life. 
when you're writing this stuff, I imagine it takes an immense amount of courage to put yourself out there in lots of ways. How do you, how did you garner that courage and what does that look like for you? So writing it, because I did tell myself just because you put it down on the page doesn't mean the page has to be published, but start by putting it down on the page. And then from there, if it felt like scary, but exciting, scary, I trusted that. Mm-hmm. If I ended up keeping that particular story in the book, would keep me from talking about it boldly and being willing to like be excited about it, then, you know, then I tempered that story. And, you know, that that's the great thing of an editor where you can say, you know what, but for the most part, the courage came from, you know, they, I'm already starting to tear up. You ask, like people will ask anyone, you know, Hey, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? And I feel like the thing that's always given me reprieve from like heartache and challenges is that they have served other people so well. And I know that I can share this openly that people's lives will change because the only way for us to release shame is to either speak what we're ashamed of out loud or to hear or read the story of someone who has walked the walk we have so that we know we're not alone. And so it really is community that gives us a sense of peace in our hearts. And so each time I did it, it was just, I said, you know, if you can't share this, then there's someone who's experiencing it and will hold that darkness inside of them, you know? And that's what usually put me into that space. I want to just add something that I see in a lot of my clients and my audience members when I ask them in their pieces, their content pieces, whatever it is, to show their audience the pain or the or what it took. And they'll tell me, I don't want to agitate their pain. I don't want to talk about their pain. And so I've been asking my clients to think of it in a different way as instead of agitation, mirroring, just saying it out loud for somebody, because it might be the first time that that person is able to hear it or be heard or see themselves in another person. And that's what I'm basically hearing you say is like the courage comes from knowing that you're mirroring something that somebody else needs from you. Yes, that's beautiful. And I mean, there is a bit of agitation in the book in that when I say, be honest, when I tell you that, you know, when you're pushing through all the time, you're blocking magic, like be honest, do you need rest? For some people, that's going to feel agitating because they're going to feel like, I don't know if I can give myself that rest. But a book is a much more intimate, gentle process too, because you have them for 273 pages and they can choose to close the book. But if they finish the book, no one's going to know, right? They get to decide what they do with it. And so you're not needing to create transformation in a blog post or in an article. You get all these pages to do it. Yeah. It's, it's like luxurious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it didn't feel luxurious when you were writing. 
And right up until the final read, I was pretty sure it was shit. I know. I wanted to talk about that because I remember you and I talking on the phone and you were like, this is complete shit and it's garbage. And then you got it back and you read it and you were like really excited about what you had written. (laughs) I loved that. And, And let me just say, I would say I always knew like five of the chapters were solid, solid writing that I was super proud of. And probably three of the chapters weren't like the most bestest writing, but they were good delivery of content. They taught well. They did what they were meant to do. But then there were like five or six that was like, this is some janky shit, Patty. Like, I don't even know when we're going to fix this. I just kept thinking, I felt like I was kicking the can down the road. And like, eventually I was going to hit one round of edits where someone was going to call me on it. And because when, when you're doing like edits, really that many rounds of edits, there's very tight turnarounds. So there wasn't time for me to read the book from start to finish with each round of edits. I had to just drop into where the editor wanted me to be, fix what they wanted me to fix and get it back to them. That's so hard. Yeah. Oh my God. That's like no context, no heuristic. And also I have all this other shit zooming around me. Hold on. Let me drop in. Where was I and where am I going? That must've been really disorienting. It is. And I'm really glad that I allowed myself to be disoriented and didn't do my usual thing of like staying up all night to read it and like really walking my taking your own medicine, you know, and trusting that like, and keep handing it over to the universe and say, if you need me to read it, please like make it clear. (laughs) And then um, what happened was they, we were supposed to be doing, um, forget the type of editing, but it's where they edit the paragraph structure. Okay. And then a separate round of editing is the line editing where they actually edit the ground, like the periods, you know, the, the actual syntax, right? Well, I get it back. And she was like, good news. It was in such good shape that they were able to do the line edits as well. And I was like, Oh my God. I have the crap this is. <laughs> no, I was I was convinced like one more person is letting me down. Oh, like, oh, wow. oh, they didn't even do a good job. They gave me a crap editor who, you know, is mailing it in. Oh, they're killing two birds. Now I'm gonna have to do the heavy lifting. So I sat down all I was like all like churning inside I, and it was like kept me up actually. So finally I, I didn't, I fell asleep at like, like I got it back on a Friday and I fell asleep that night at like whatever, one o'clock in the morning. And I woke up at like five 30 and I was like, and I knew I wouldn't get back to sleep. And I'm like, oh, and I get up. I'm not a person that works like early hours of the morning. If I happen to get up, I take care of me. Like I, look at nature and drink my hot coffee. So I sat down with my coffee and I just started to read it. And I'm like, I, I mean, the, the weight's just, not, I'm like, <laughs> like that, you know, and I finish it in like five hours and I'm like, oh my God, it's good. Like, it's actually good. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I, I really, I was astounded. It's like, it's like you had to freaking take your own medicine though. Like you... <laughs> needed a little space for magic when you were reading it. It was sort of just astounding to me. I couldn't believe it. And and I'll just say to translate that for all of you, for you watching, you know who you are. 
you can think your copy's not good, but you know what? When you've been in the middle of it and inside of it for too long, you can't see the forest through the trees. And you do need to trust the soul of you that birthed it into the world and really just let it go out into the world and have its day. Hmm. So many people don't put their stuff out there because they just don't have the confidence or the courage. So I want to just speak back to you, the transformation that I have, you know this already, but I'm saying it for the benefit of people who may not, the benefit of working with you over such a long period of time and being able, because I was certainly a muggle walking a straight line and just wanted the information and I didn't make time for any kind of magic. And I didn't really believe it could happen for me. I didn't believe it could be a thing. And I also believed, and I might cry if I say this, but like, I believed that if I became that person who was leaning into her intuition and became more spiritual and softer, that I would lose my edge. And what made me so good was my edge. It was what made me smart and funny and a good writer and clever. And I was so afraid of losing my edge. And it has... Uh, leaning into all of those aspects of myself, the softer, kinder, more restful, I'm still working on it, uh, aspects of myself, I I just like myself better. Mm-hmm. And it's just so easy. It's much easier to be in my own soul than it was ever before. And I, I've seen it with my husband and my son that I just feel easier in the world. And the things that used to just, my edge used to cut against everything, I, I think. Traffic, right? Like, people being idiots, like everything was a cutting edge. And I just don't have that anymore. And it's just everything in my life is so much easier because I've been on the journey with you. And I feel like if people could indulge themselves and learn what's in this book and start to follow you and listen to your podcast, that it really could happen for them. And it's, it's not like you lose a part of yourself. It's like you get better. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had that edge too. And I get what you're saying. Even as I started to walk this path, I was like, the thing that makes me fabulous. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. The thing that was a VP in banking, you know, like that thing. And what you come to realize is that edge, that stuff that that edge is cutting through, is all shit you created. <laughs> that, like, it could just go away. It did. And you could use all your power to actually birth and create magnificence in the world you know and it's really hard to to like think that that there's something better than your edge right it really is when you've lived with that edge but I'm but and I'm telling you that the excitement and the energy and the like feeling like you're on like the brink of something that comes with having an edge you get to have all of that but without the like the gross negativity and annoyingness I mean, there's irritation. There is. But how you step into that irritation looks very different. It's so different. And it's like, it's just, I'm always looking for great ease. And having my edge did not create ease. But I I really feel ease. And I also want to speak to this idea of, it's not all bullshit rainbows and unicorns and toxic positivity. Like, in fact, I was listening to module one of the receiving school today. And in it, you remind us, uh, you're allowed to feel your feelings. You don't have to pretend there's nothing wrong. You are allowed to feel them, but it's just so much easier to move through. So I'm so glad that this is in book form that people can consume. And I also really want to encourage people to listen to your podcast, Space for Magic. 
So how can people find you? I know we can get the book at pattylennon.com forward space, make space for magic. Yes. And I think the other place then I would send you is, especially if you like consuming podcast content, is my podcast, Space for Magic, which you can find on any app. Literally, if I find out there's an app out there, we put my podcast on it. So (laughs) I highly recommend getting into Patty's world if you're looking to lean into more ease in your life. And if you are starting to believe that life could be different for you or you are craving that you want it to be different, there's no one format that she works in. She really helps so many people. Yeah. You're so generous. I will say like, that's one, you just mentioned something a few minutes ago that I, I would love to like leave people with like a message because you hear this, like making space for magic and bringing in and, and releasing the edge. And I think the thing that what I realized, I, I thought the big message of the book was everyone has intuition. Everyone can have this magic. It's just, we've, we're taught to believe there's this special group of people that are really good at it. And then there's the rest of us. But what I've come to understand is like the biggest like game changer is we're taught to believe that when we feel bad, that we're creating bad. Mm-hmm. When we feel bad, we're drawing in bad. When we feel, when we're angry, we're bringing more negativity into our life. Like a lot of these messages that are very much the linchpin of both the spiritual world and the personal development world is not accurate. And the thing that changed for me was finally letting myself be exactly who I was at every moment. And that's really what gives you true peace and also abundance, right? Like, you know, I think when you're in lack, whether it's money lack or time lack or romance lack, you think, yeah, yeah, peace. As soon as I get my pile of money, as soon as I get some time, as soon as I find my romantic partner or my partner stops being such an Mm a-hole, you know, like... It really works the other way. Yes, it all happens at the same time. Right. It really does. It really, really does. Anything else that you wanted to share before we we, uh, sign off? No. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for coming on and having such a fun conversation. Thanks everybody for listening. And um, please go check out pattylennon.com because you can find everything you need there from her. Thanks, Patty. Bye, everyone. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.